KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Welcome to another edition of listener-supported KPBS Cinema Junkie Podcast. I'm Beth Accomando. everything's gone digital, one thing you never see anymore in mainstream movie theaters is a frame of film bubbling and melting on the screen. But for almost a century, nitrate-based film was the standard for motion pictures. And if a frame of that ever melted, like it did in Cinema Paradiso, it could ignite the whole reel of film and the projection booth and even the theater. In other words, it could be deadly. But there was a reason why nitrate film was the standard. The image looks stunning on the huge screens of movie palaces. Nitrate film stock has been praised for the beauty of its images and for truly allowing cinematographers to paint with light. Whites pop off the screen, blacks are deep and rich, and gray tones shimmer. Earlier this year at the TCM Classic Film Festival, Martin Scorsese introduced a screening of Alfred Hitchcock's The Man Who Knew Too Much on nitrate. After praising the breathtaking beauty of nitrate film projected, he casually added, the only problem is, it can blow up. That potential was put to dramatic use in Cinema Paradiso, and more recently in Inglorious Bastards, where deadly theater fires were started by nitrate combustion. But seriously, what film lover wouldn't tempt fate by watching Hitchcock or Michael Powell or Casablanca on nitrate? I mean, I'd be perfectly content with my obit reading, she died in a nitrate fire at a cinema watching Black Narcissus. But yes, nitrate is unstable, combustible, and contains a substance that was also used in explosives. And if it ever does catch fire, it can burn underwater. Kodak offers this little bit of information on its website. Cellulose nitrate-based film is relatively unstable if you store it in large quantities of about 5,000 feet or more in non-approved storage cabinets without proper ventilation, it becomes a fire hazard. Admittedly, it takes a bit of pushing to cause it to burst into flame spontaneously. Kodak stopped making nitrate film stock in the early 1950s when it was replaced by the more stable film stock known as safety film. Hmm, safer, but far less exciting. Now, only a handful of theaters can project nitrate film. I had a chance to visit one that had just been renovated for the TCM Classic Film Festival last month. TCM teamed up with Scorsese's The Film Foundation, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the Academy Film Archive, and American Cinematheque to bring the Egyptian theater's projection booth up to fire code specifications so that four nitrate prints could be screened at the 2017 TCM Classic Film Festival that took place in April. Christian Marola, project manager at the Film Foundation, and Genevieve McGillicuddy, festival director at TCM Classic Film Festival, gave me a tour of the renovated projection booth just before the first nitrate film screening at the festival. 
I think I was in the booth just after Martin Scorsese had come to check it out. He would later introduce the Hitchcock film at the Egyptian Theater and share his passion for film preservation and the thrill of seeing the exact same nitrate print as audiences had seen almost a century ago. So introduce yourself and tell us where we are. Hi, my name is Kristen Marola, and I am from the Film Foundation, and we are in the newly retrofitted booth at the Egyptian Theater, where now they can screen nitrate film, with thanks to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, Turner Classic Movies, the Academy Film Archive, the Film Foundation. Um, we're here tonight to have a great screening of uh, Man Who Knew Too Much. So what goes into creating a nitrate booth? Well, what we had to do was bring the booth up to current fire codes. The walls are have one-hour ratings. There is now a fire screen that is in front of the ports, in front of the projectors, that if something happened would come down and lock off the booth. And the projectors that are here, these are original projectors to the booth, but now um, to screen nitrate, they have uh, cases over the reels on the top and bottom of the projector. Now the reason for all of this extra kind of protection is that nitrate is a rather unstable format to be projecting on. So explain what nitrate is and why it was eventually kind of retired as a film stock. Well, uh, nitrate film is highly flammable. Once a fire does start, it uh, generates its own oxygen. And so nitrate film generates its own oxygen, so it's hard to and I don't actually, I don't think that you can put it out. Um, and uh, so that's why they have these cases on the reels. And there's also a section inside the projector that will clip the film off so that the fire, if there was to be one, would be enclosed within the projector. But, you know, it, it is flammable. It's with the proper care. It's, uh, it's you know, fine with proper projection and proper handling, um, proper storage. But... Um, it's just a real treat to be able to see something like this that, you know, audiences were seeing back in the beginning of cinema. The system that we have here and the great projectionists that we have and the, the new booth, I think we're going to be fine. And what is it, I've heard that projecting on nitrate, that there really is a different kind of quality to the image. So what is it about nitrate or, or what is it about that experience that you think is unique? There's a higher silver content in nitrate film, and so um, that's what people talk about with the silver screen. There's definitely like a sparkle to it, um, but black and you know black and white still is uh, very different on nitrate stock, and the way that they um, did color nitrate film is very different from the way that we see movies now. So you will notice a difference um, in both color and black and white. My name is Genevieve McGillicuddy, and I'm the festival director at the TCM Classic Film Festival. We are now in our eighth year uh, here in Hollywood, and we are thrilled to be able to return to the Egyptian Theater this year and screen nitrate for the first time. And what was it about screening on nitrate that you felt was important? Why was that an experience you wanted your attendees to have? Well, from day one of the film festival, we have always uh, subscribed to the philosophy that we are about presenting films the way that they're meant to be seen, not only on the big screen, but as the director intended. And that would include being able to screen these films in the original formats that they were created in. Over the years, we have done a lot of unique presentations in this way. We have screened 70 millimeter. We have screened Cinerama prints. We have screened uh, all kinds of different formats, but we've never been able to screen nitrate prints. And this is a film format that was 
basically the film format before 1953. So many of the films that TCM shows were actually created on nitrate, but we have not had the ability to do this before. I understand that this was kind of a long process. This booth did not go up in a couple days or anything. <laughs> it did not. Uh, you know, this is something where, again, when we first started planning the film festival back in 2010, I recall talking with the Egyptian theater about the fact that they had these projectors that could show nitrate, but at that point we weren't able to do it because the booth was not outfitted properly according to code. So we've been waiting a long time to do this. Uh, and when the Film Foundation approached us about being a part of this project, we jumped at the opportunity for a lot of different reasons. We felt that it fit in with the mission of TCM, uh, and it also would enable us to present something very unique to the festival audience, which really comes from around the world. In terms of the technology that's used to project the nitrate, these are machines that have been around for quite a while. They are. I think what's really incredible to think about regarding uh, film formats is that nitrate and 35 millimeter overall, it, it really was the standard format for over 100 years. And what's remarkable about the machines that we're using here for the nitrate projection is that these are machines that are decades old and they were built to last. And it's remarkable because this technology, uh, yes, it's analog, but it's something that you can go back to and use time and time again. It doesn't matter how much time has passed if you've taken care of it. It's kind of like using sewing machines. Uh, you can go back to the singer that your grandmother used 50 years ago, and it works just as well. And your festival is unique in the sense that you guys really put a lot of effort into how a film is screened. and. I've been to the festival before and there have been prints that you've struck specifically for your event. So how, how is that like part of kind of the mission of the festival to kind of put that much emphasis on the actual screening experience? Thinking about the actual screening experience at the festival, I would say that there's nothing more important to us in terms of what our priority is. We want to present a cinematic experience for audiences that they may not get anywhere else. Uh, it's very important to us that our audience has the highest level quality of what we can present and we go out of our way to find the best possible prints or digital restorations and we have very close relationships with all the major archives and studios and really enjoy collaborating with them to do that. Uh, it's, it's extremely important for Turner Classic Movies. We're here at the Egyptian in Los Angeles. How many nitrate booths are there? This is not kind of a common thing, is it? No, not at all. Um, there's only really a handful, probably, in the United States that can uh, screen nitrate up to, or, you know, has a booth up to fire code. What about the the storage of these films? Because in order to project nitrate, you have to have some archive of them. So how difficult is it to keep these prints in a condition that can be projected? The prints that we're using for the festival are coming from film archives um, locally, the Academy Film Archive and the UCLA Film and Television Archive. And then the print for uh, The Man Who Knew Too Much is coming from Rochester, New York, the George Eastman Museum. And it, these prints do have to be kept in special conditions, correct? Yes, they're kept in uh, cold vaults, uh, low humidity and um, cold storage so that they can be uh, protected so that we can all watch them this many years later. Um, what is it about the Egyptian that made this a good venue to invest in putting a nitrate booth in? I, I would say uh, my answer would be I think that 
having a nitrate booth restored here at the Egyptian Theater seems extremely appropriate to me, thinking about the history of the Egyptian Theater. This was the first Grauman's Theater. He built this before the Chinese Theater down the street. And he was the penultimate showman. You know, he's the one who created the red carpet. And when I think about bringing back a type of cinematic experience to Hollywood Boulevard and to audiences, I can't think of a better location for this to be. Before I started talking to you guys, you were speaking to Dennis, and he was pointing out that this booth is equipped with a broad range of projection possibilities. Yeah, they just uh, installed a laser projector, um, and so they can screen anything from 35 millimeter nitrate at silent speed all the way up to new state-of-the-art laser digital projection. And why was it important for the Film Foundation to be involved in something like this? You know, we just really, exhibition is a big part, and public access is a big part of our mission and a big part of what we do. And educating people about film and about film history and film preservation and restoration, I mean, we need an audience. And, and being able to have a theater like this that is so historic um, and have interested, engaged audiences coming out and learning about nitrate film, learning about film restorations, the things that they'll see at the festival. It's, it's, a, it's as important as the restoration itself. We need people to see the, the work that we're doing and, and the reasons why that work needs to be done. And what kind of audience reactions do you get when people see these things on nitrate? Because I imagine this isn't going to be the first time you're seeing something on nitrate or mm -hmm. at an event where they are screening it. But do people actually notice the difference? You know, I think so. I, um, we were able to screen uh, Casablanca in the fall when the booth was uh, completed. And for a lot of people, that was, you know, the very first time they had ever seen nitrate. And Genevieve could speak to this more because this was, you know, a new experience for her. But I do remember the first time that I saw nitrate. It's definitely, you, you, can, tell, you can tell the difference. It, it definitely jumps off the screen a little bit more. And there is kind of a, a gasp when it first comes up on the screen. So what was that first experience like watching Nitrate? Well, it was a perfect experience to watch Casablanca on Nitrate, uh, to watch a Nitrate film for the first time and have that be the title because I have seen that film so many times. I've seen it projected, I've seen it on television, I've seen digital. You must remember this, a kiss is just a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh. Seeing it on nitrate, I have to say, I noticed a lot more detail I hadn't seen before. The contrast uh, with the black and white is rich. There's a depth to it that you just don't get in another way, in another format. I felt like I was seeing Humphrey Bogart for the first time. As time goes by. Sam, I thought I told you never to play. And that's a pretty unique experience for someone who's seen a lot of Humphrey Bogart films over the years. Ingrid Bergman never looked better. Uh, and the outfits uh, popped off the screen. Uh, Yvonne at the bar is wearing this beautiful sequin top and it shimmers off of the screen. It's beautiful. And what went into the particular selection of films that you decided to show at this year's festival? Well, this was really uh, the work of Charlie Tapish, our head of programming for both the network and the festival. Uh, when it came to choosing the films, he worked very closely with these archives to really present a range 
Uh, so as Kristen mentioned, we will have uh, two black and white films, uh, and we will also have two color, and not just any color or black and white films, I would say. You know, the first film is The Man Who Knew Too Much, and that's an early Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, the second film will be Laura, which is probably one of the most stunning black and white nitrate prints I'm guessing you can see, and followed by Black Narcissus, a Pal Pressburger film in color, uh, followed by Lady in the Dark, uh, coming from UCLA, and that's also a color film. I mean, Black Narcissus, even like on a video screen, even on my computer, it like <laughs> leaps off the screen. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like in nitrates. It's going to be amazing. Um, so what other kind of work does the Film Foundation do? do are, are you also involved in helping preserve these prints as well? Yes. Yeah, so we are, uh, we work with partner archives to um, restore films in their collections that are in need. Um, we have an education program called The Story of Movies that educates young people about film language and history. We also uh, have a world cinema project, and so we're working um, with endangered prints around the globe, uh, endangered films around the globe, to make sure that those are protected and, and restored so that our audiences can experience them. And, you know, public access we uh, is, a, is a really big part of the foundation, and um, each year our restored prints and DCPs are screened about 425 uh, different times around the world at festivals and educational facilities, um, arts organizations, things like that. So, but a lot, film preservation and restoration is, uh, is where we started. Can I ask how much, do, or do you know how much it costs to upgrade this to kind of nitrate safe? It was a... <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a big undertaking, and which was why we were really happy to partner with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and Turner Classic Movies. And is there anything special that a projectionist has to do when handling nitrate film? Yep, yeah, just take, you know, I mean, actually, they should be as careful and uh, protective of any print. Um, the thing that happens with nitrate is that when we project nitrate, they have two projectionists so that there is always one person by each projector just in case anything happens. And then the films are put when they're waiting to be um, screened or to be put onto the projector, they're put into fireproof cabinets so that they're just an extra level of protection while they're waiting to be shown. Well, I remember at one point I was uh, I was working at a museum and they wanted to train me on 35 and they said, all right, and here's your flax suit for when you change the bulb. And I was like, wow, <laughs> didn't realize. Yeah, that's a, that's like a whole nother, yeah. whole nother thing. <laughs> it's like nobody realizes how dangerous a projectionist life sure, is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you talked about the... Um, like casings that are on the front window. So I had remembered when I was working in a booth that they actually like have these like metal plates that can slide down in mm -hmm. front of the glass. Is that what these are? Mm -hmm. It's a fire shutter. Um, it is actually in between the back wall here and um, the port window. And so it will just slide down. It's all, it's uh, there's a trigger and also a um, emergency button if needed. But yeah, it'll slide down and protect the ports so that the audience um, is safe. So it just adds an extra level of excitement. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to add about um, the nitrate film experience or about what the foundation has done this, uh, has done with, in terms of putting this booth together? 
No, we're just really pleased that, you know, the festival community who is coming from, you know, all over is able to experience this new thing this year at the festival. And we're just really pleased to be a part of it and pleased that, you know, now at the Egyptian, they can they can screen nitrate um, year round. And anything you want to add? We're just so thrilled to be able to partner with organizations like the Film Foundation who are helping to actively preserve and, and very importantly, uh, exhibit these films. Uh, it, it's important to us in terms of the programming of the festival that we're able to incorporate these things. And equally as important to us as to the foundation is to get audiences in front of these films. It's really exciting to be able to do that. That was Christian Marola, project manager at the Film Foundation, and Genevieve McGillicuddy, festival director at TCM Classic Film Festival, giving me a tour of the projection booth at the Egyptian Theater. Next, I met up with Dennis Bartok of American Cinematheque outside the Egyptian Theater as nitrate prints were about to be delivered. I'm Dennis Bartok. I'm the general manager for the American Cinematheque, and we're thrilled that this is the opening night of the TCM Classic Film Festival here in Hollywood. And the historic 1922 Egyptian theater is one of the main venues that TCM uses during their festival. Now, new this year for you is a nitrate booth. So what went into putting that in? The retrofit to allow us to screen nitrate films was actually a huge undertaking. And it was sponsored by the Film Foundation, TCM itself, and the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. And what was involved was completely removing all of the equipment from the existing projection booth, including our two massive Norelco 35-70-millimeter projectors, our existing digital projection system, all of the sound equipment, um, the uh, server for DCPs, everything that was in there. So it was completely stripped down to the bare walls and bare floors, and then um, working with the uh, L.A. County um, Fire Department officials um, overseen by the Film Foundation and their um, construction team, which was KCS West, they installed um, a number of uh, safety features that allow us to legally screen nitrate. The one that um, is most visible, actually I should say it's invisible because you can't see them, are the metal fire shutters, which are now hidden behind a false wall and in the event, God forbid, of a fire, the projectionist you know, hits the emergency button, which is now clearly displayed on the wall between the two projectors, that will immediately stop the projectors and the metal fire shutters slam down into place. So one of the um, unusual qualities of nitrate film is that when it burns, it produces its own oxygen. So for example, if you throw it in a bathtub of water, it will continue to burn, producing its own oxygen. So the idea is what you want to do is, is protect the booth so that it is literally sealed off from the rest of the theater. Again, God forbid in the event of a fire, what you want to do is, is seal that off so that the fire would only be contained inside the booth. We have special fireproof magazines which go onto the projectors or so the feed and the take up so that when the film itself is actually placed in them we close the heavy metal fire doors and it's completely sealed off. There are special red rollers so that the film is, is essentially almost never exposed to the open air in case of a fire so that it would be shut off, smothered um, if a fire happens. So with all these potential dangers of nitrate, 
Why is it that you want to project it? What is it about the quality of a nitrate image that is different from what people are used to seeing? You have to be very careful with nitrate, but in many ways it's gotten something of a bad rap. There were disastrous nitrate fires both at studios and occasionally at movie theaters in the past and a number of, of famous and important films were lost forever. Probably the most famous was the uh, Lon Chaney silent film London After Midnight, directed by Todd Browning, um, which he made a few years before he directed Dracula. And there was a nitrate fire at MGM Studios in the mid-1960s, which destroyed the original negative and all existing copies of London After Midnight. And it has since become probably the most famous lost film. But there are hundreds, literally thousands of others that were also lost to either a nitrate fire or decomposition. Nitrate can decompose, and when it does, um, it eventually will, will literally turn to dust. The reason why we still screen nitrate is because it gets us the, close to, the closest we can to the experience of how an audience originally saw the film. You're actually showing a print, the same print that an audience would have seen back in the 1920s, the 1930s, the 1940s. So you're not seeing it through any other intermediary. So if you scan a film now, even if it's off the original camera negative, somebody is making critical aesthetic and technical decisions about how that film should look. They'll do color grading and that may very subtly but profoundly change the experience of watching the film depending on what it's scanned at. If it's scanned at HD or 2K or 4K, you may see more or less grain. Sometimes people do grain reduction digitally. Uh, I, don't get me wrong, I love digital, and certainly that's the era that we are firmly in now. But if you see a, an original nitrate print, for example, uh, Black Narcissus, which is screening here during the TCM Festival, that is probably the single most beautiful 35 millimeter print I've ever seen with my own naked eyes. And that's the one that stands out when people say, what is the most beautiful print you've ever seen? Um, it was done in the three-strip Technicolor process, which was in use. Um, and basically, the dyes are transferred onto the print. Roughly the same as if you're doing newsprint. If you can imagine a blank piece of newsprint and then it passes through the printer, successively getting the different layers of dye imbued into it. It's called IB Technicolor for imbibition. So they would have a blank strip of film that would run through the printer. First it would get the, the yellow matrix, the cyan, the magenta, and that's the reason why dye transfer prints hold their color is because they're not chemically developed. They literally pressed the dye into the print. So a lot of people will compare them to say an illuminated manuscript or something like that. All I can say is that watching Black Narcissus really is a, a spiritual experience for people who love cinema. And what is it about nitrate that does make it so combustible and so dangerous? If, if nitrate is not properly stored, if it is exposed to extreme heat, it can spontaneously combust. One example would be 
a collector who has old nitrate in a film can in their garage. I've heard these kinds of stories. They open it up, they see that it looks a little gooey. They say, oh, well, I'll put it out in the sun to dry it out. They put it out in direct sunlight, and instead it bursts into flames. That kind of thing has happened in the past. I will say that the archives that handle nitrate now and that store it and preserve it, like the Academy Film Archive, UCLA Film and Television Archive, the George Eastman Museum, have had decades of training in the proper storage of nitrate, the proper handling. Our projectionists here have all had extensive training in nitrate safety procedures. When we have nitrate film present in the booth, nobody who has not had nitrate training can go in there. So we do observe a lot of precautions. Again, handle nitrate properly, it is completely safe, and it is a beautiful and very moving experience, both visually and conceptually, to see it through the eyes of an audience as they saw it back in the era when the film was made. It, it's pretty much as close as we will ever get to seeing, for example, Black Narcissus or Laura, the way people first saw it. And I think that, more than anything, is why we still show nitrate. They, uh, for black and white nitrate, they used a lot more silver in the composition of the film stock. So the, the blacks and whites tend to be much richer. The Technicolor prints, again, were made through the three-strip process that I mentioned. So those colors tend to be incredibly vibrant. Not every nitrate print, of course, is you know, an illuminated manuscript or, uh, you know, a, a you know, beautiful mural by Giotto. Um, nitrate doesn't make a, you know, a, a bad film look great, for example. And as we're speaking, of course, the wonderful archivists from the Academy Film Archive have just arrived with two of the nitrate prints that are going to be screening at the TCM Film Ooh, Festival. Nitrate. And the... Uh, the fireproof uh, storage cabinet that uh, they're going to go into. So, Paul, can you take a picture of the fireproof storage cabinet? Do you mind? Is that uh, all right? Do you want me to take it off of the, the? No, no. It's you can bring. Well, you it. No, that's perfect. It's better to get the front of it. Oh, it's oh, the, the front. Oh, it's, it's perfect. Uh, perfect timing. Ah, yes. So I take it these are the nitrate, and that's just normal film. No, that's actually the nitrate. No, this is that's, the. Oh, that's this so is the cabinet. I Those see. are the nitrate prints. Oh, I see. All right, well, that was good timing. Yes, that was, that was perfect timing. The, the uh, archivist from the Academy uh, uh, arrived with the nitrate prints of um, Hitchcock's The Man Who Knew Too Much and Otto Preminger's Laura. They're going to be screening here at the TCM Festival as we were talking. So. It's like security guards coming with them. Yeah, but, you know, they're in normal film cans. Now they had a, a large yellow fireproof storage cabinet, and that's what the film cans go into when they're not being screened. So again, they take you know very serious and proper safety precautions with the handling of the film, but it's not like nitroglycerin in the wages of fear or something. It's not if you know it's not like if you look you know the wrong way at a nitrate print, it suddenly combusts. The, the sad thing is that nitrate got such a bad reputation that in the 1950s and 60s a number of the studios became so afraid of it 
that they they consciously destroyed a lot of their invaluable nitrate negatives and original prints. And again, precious images were lost because people misunderstood what nitrate is, why it's so special, and also why it's safe if you treat it the right way. And how long did it take to do this upgrade for the booth, and do, can you reveal how much it cost? <laughs> you know, I actually don't know the final budget figure. That would be a question for um, the Film Foundation, who were the, the sponsors and the project managers for the nitrate retrofit here at the Egyptian. I can tell you that in terms of the actual work, it began in the spring and was of last year and was finished actually just before um, the Cinecon Film Festival. So May, June, July, August. It took about f four months of, of actual active work. Removing all the equipment, installing the safeguards to project nitrate film, and then putting all of the equipment back in. It's actually much easier to remove the equipment than it is to put it back together again. And while we were putting it back together, we actually refurbished the... Norelco 3570 projectors that we use to screen the nitrate films. We installed a new Barco laser projection system, which makes us one of the few, maybe the only theaters in the United States right now that can screen everything from an original nitrate print at silent speed to a DCP using the very latest digital cinema technology of laser projection. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Great talking to you. That was Dennis Bartok, General Manager for American Cinematheque in Los Angeles, which runs the Egyptian and Aero Theaters. Thanks for listening to this combustible episode of the KPBS Cinema Junkie podcast. If you enjoyed this or other episodes, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and rating. It really helps us to get more listeners. Cinema Junkie is also a proud sponsor of Landmark Theater's Midnight Movies at the Ken Cinema. So check out what's playing every Saturday at midnight. Until our next film fix, I'm Beth Accomando, your resident cinema junkie.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.